Good morning, everyone. And this is the, the third portion of um, the gospel of the prophecy of Isaiah. Some call it a gospel. The prophecy of Isaiah. Um, there are four sections within that prophecy that are uh, known as the servant songs. Um, on a previous occasion we looked at Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 to 3 in which God the Father introduced, introduces his son, Behold my servant in, in, in whom I trust, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A smouldering wick he will not snuff out. He will bring justice. And then on the second occasion we looked at Isaiah chapter 49. And here the son is speaking. He said, listen to me you islands. Hear this you distant nations. Before I was born the Lord called me from my birth. He made mention of my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. And when we looked at those, we suggested that that was a, a poetic expression that was painting a picture in words of the preparation that the son would go through in the preparation for his service here during his earthly ministry. And so today we go to chapter 50 verses 4 to 9 and we look at that period. When he was 12, he was in the, in the temple and he said, I must be about my father's business at 12 years of age. But he was 30 years old when he stepped out into Palestine in, with his message, the gospel of the kingdom. During those 18 years, he was being prepared. During those 18 years, he was under the guidance and tutelage of his heavenly father. And so these verses that we're looking at today give us an insight into what was accomplished. Verse f <coughs> and we've, I've been, we've entitled this today The Call of a Disciple. And the making of a disciple. And in that making of the disciple, there are four factors that we want to look at. There's first of all the call, and then the commitment, and then the cost, and finally the confidence. I had the three C's, call, commitment, and cost, when I was preparing this but I couldn't get the fourth word. I couldn't find another C 
but the Lord gave it to me this morning about half an hour before we left home. Thank you, Lord. So, the making of a disciple. Verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to listen as a disciple. Listen as one being taught. We have no record of those 18 years. But we do have evidence, when we look in the Gospels, we do have evidence of the impact. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, right at the beginning of Mark's Gospel, he says, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a secluded place and was praying there. And the tense of it is that it, he was praying continually. He was praying continuously. He was in a time of prayer. The, the, Mark goes on to tell us that the other disciples woke up, realised he wasn't there, went looking for him, finally found him and he was praying. He had got up when nobody could see, where it was still dark. A great while before day, the, the King James puts it. He found a secluded place and he spent time in communion with his father and that was an extended period. We don't know how long, but it certainly was an extended period. One thing that he did was he waited on God in the morning watch. For anyone who would be a disciple, there has to be a waiting upon God in the morning time. That time of freshness, that time before there's any interruptions. It's the Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples. The Lord God, Adonai Jehovah. Adonai, the mighty one. Jehovah, the eternal one. We could say eternal master. But the recipient is the servant, the servant of Jehovah, the chosen one of Jehovah. And this was no parting gift. This was permanent. He has given me the tongue of disciples. And the gift is not for himself. When God imparts a gift to one of his servants, it's not for himself, it's not to puff himself up. It is that he might bring blessing to others. But this was no quick fire session. It's not five minutes and gone. We need to spend time with our Lord. And the objective is to bring blessing to the one that's fainting away. To bring blessing to the weary one. 
with a word of comfort, with a word of consolation. And the scripture says in the second half of the verse, this verse, as we said, is the call. He hearken, he wakens me morning by morning. The call of God to his servant. He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to listen as a disciple. The Lord Jesus didn't have a clock. He didn't have a watch. He didn't have an alarm clock. His heavenly Father woke him morning by morning by morning by morning. It suggested that we have a body clock. I think that's the term for it. Um, that wakes us at a particular time each day because of a pattern that we've established. But that's imparted by the Creator. And so the Creator can, can program your body clock to wake you at the time He wants you woken. And it's not once in a while. It's morning by morning. Is a pattern to it. My, my sons and I usually go to the motorbike racing on Boxing Day. But this year I won't be going because it's on Sunday and I have an appointment with my God on Sunday morning. He wakens me. He calls me. He's concerned about me. He wants to speak to me. I read somewhere that said, grace is poured upon the lips through the open ear. If the ear is not open, there is no flow and there is no word. The hearing comes first. Verse 5. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. This is the commitment. There's the call and now there's the commitment. And it's interesting that of these six verses... This verse is the shortest, quite considerably the shortest. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. We, our commitment to our Lord should be prompt. Why should we hold back? Why should we hold back from committing to our Lord? Adonai Jehovah again. He is the one that brought understanding. He opened my ear. And this is the servant speaking. He opened my ear and I was not disobedient. Nor did I turn back. There was no reluctance on his part. 
this commitment was a permanent one. And the servant was never rebellious. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. That, that obedient surrender flowed from within. This was a heart response, not a head response. This was a heart response, responding to the call from our Heavenly Father. Then we go to verse 6. And we come to the word cost. Because if we're going to be committed to our God, there's going to be a cost. The world doesn't like it. Members of our family don't like it. Perhaps our neighbours don't like it. Thank the Lord we have neighbours neighbors who are good. Okay, verse 6. I gave my back to those who strike me and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. Once again, we don't know anything about that 18-year period. But our, it was firmly that cost would have been communicated to him during those 18 years as he surrendered to his heavenly father. His faithful father would have told him that this was going to come at a cost. And in Luke chapter 18, verses 31 and 32, one of a number of occasions on which the Lord Jesus sought to tell his disciples what was going to come. And in, verse, in, Luke, 30, in Luke 18, 31 and 32, he says, it says, Then he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and all things which are written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished, for he will be handed over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and mistreated and spit upon. I gave my back to those who strike me. He surrendered himself in an act of perfect submission. He didn't shrink away. He offered his back. He offered his back. When they went to pluck out his beard, he didn't shrink away. He offered his cheeks to those who pulled out his beard. And those who would spit in his face, he didn't turn aside. Perhaps they were mocking him like treating him as though he, they refused to believe that he was a king. But they pretended to treat him like a king. And in those days, a subject would come up and kiss his king. 
And so these ones would come up as though they were going to kiss and when they got there they would spit. Seeking to humiliate him. I did not cover my face from humiliating, humiliation and spitting. He made no attempt to protect himself. He knew well what was coming and he met it head on. Now we've had three verses. One which is the call, one which is the commitment and one which is the cost. We come to the word confidence. And that covers three verses. And isn't that the way with God? That when we commit to him, he blesses us. He gives us more than we could, could imagine, more than we could hope for. Our God is gracious, our God is good, our God is kind, our God is caring. And he cares for his disciples. Verse 7, for the Lord God, here four times in these six verses, this title for God, Lord God, Adonai Jehovah, is repeated. Lord God helps me, therefore I am not disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. In verse 8 he says, He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up to each other. Who has a case against me? Let him draw near to me. Once again from Mark's Gospel in chapter 14 and verse 56. Now the chief priests and the entire council were trying to obtain testimony against Jesus to put him to death and they were not finding any. For many people were giving false testimony against him, so their testimonies were not consistent. Now he has said in verse 7 that he was not disgraced and he was not ashamed. Those feelings come from inside. Those feelings come because we've done something that has diminished our standing amongst our peers. We have let ourselves down somewhere. But with him, there was no disgrace. With him, there was nothing of which to be ashamed. He never would and he never will be humiliated. While he was in Matthew 27 and 12, while he was being accused by the chief priests and the elders, he did not answer. He definitely gave no response. And in verse 14 of the same chapter, and once again because of the high priest, he did not answer him with regard to even a single charge. So the governor was quite amazed. And the sense of the words is that he was grudgingly impressed. He, 
here standing beside him was one who had been mocked, ridiculed, beaten, accused, and was standing there erect. He was not bowed. He was not humbled. He was not disgraced. He stood firm. And he stood firm. Why? Because the Lord God helps me. That was his stand. The Lord God helps me with God's help. And in verse 8 he says, He who vindicates me is near. He could stand against anything because his father was standing with him. Who will contend with me? Let us draw, stand up to each other. Who has a case against me? Let him draw near me. They tried. This one said this and that one said that and neither of them agreed with the other. So that Pilate marvelled. Verse 9. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who is he who condemns me? Behold, they will all wear out like a garment. A moth will eat them up. In Hebrews chapter 11, chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, and Calvin will be looking at these next week, but they will perish. Speaking of the sun, they will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment, and like a robe you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will also be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not come to an end. This one who was prepared during those 18 years, this one who faithfully discharged his father's will throughout his earthly ministry, this one who went all the way to the cross for us, was never humbled, never humiliated. And he stood firm and he stands firm and he will stand firm forever. They will perish, but you remain. And they will wear out like a garment and like a robe you will roll them up. They will come to nothing. Like a garment, they will also be changed but you are the same and your years, your years will not come to an end. This is the Lord we serve. Now, with regard to what does this mean for us? First of all, for myself, a word of personal testimony. These verses 
particularly verse 4, have been precious to me for a long time, for a number of years anyway. I get my things in order. Back to verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples. That's my hope. That's my desire that I have a word that sustains the weary. But the testimony I have is that he wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to listen. I want to listen. I want to learn. I want to know the word that sustains the weary. My own words are nothing compared with God's words. Of myself, I'm incapable of bringing comfort and consolation to anyone. It is only through my Heavenly Father that I can do that. And once again, the question of the body clock. Do I just wake each morning because that's the time I wake? Well, no, because I don't always wake at the same time. He wakes me up at different times on different days. The question is, am I alone? Am I unique? Is this something that only applies to me? Is this call here in these scriptures only for me? Am I his only disciple? Then the question comes, what about you? I don't like being personal. I don't like putting the finger on people. My wife will tell you I shrink away. But the question has to be asked. God's word speaks to us all. God's word is not for one here and one there. Um, Oh, that's all right for you, but um, no. His word speaks to us all. He is waiting morning by morning for each one of us if we're willing to come, if if we're willing to be obedient to his call. Isn't it lovely? Eh? Eh? Hello. Hello. Smile. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Will you meet him? If you haven't made a practice up until now, will you begin to make a practice? Will you go to him and say, Lord, I want you to wake me. I believe you have a word for me. Will you please wake me? because I want to be taught by you as well.
I pray, God, that it is so. Let's pray. Now, Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you, loving Lord, that you care for us. Thank you, Father, that you watch over us, that you want to guide us, you want to lead us, you want to teach us, you want to share your secrets with us. Thank you, Lord. We commit our way to you now in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.